0: Hi and welcome to this week's episode of Memcast. Today we have Dr. Vasya Pasha with us who is an anaesthetic registrar. We're going to be talking about malignant hypothermia, which is an anaesthetic emergency. We're going to start by describing the pathophysiology of malignant hypothermia and go on to describe the features that would help you recognise MH in clinical practice. We'll then go on to describe the management of malignant hypothermia. Hi Vasia, thanks for joining us. Could you start by describing the pathophysiology of malignant hypothermia for us?
1: Malignant hyperporexia or malignant hypothermia is an autosomal dominant disorder of skeletal muscle. Its genetics are complex with over fifteen causative mutations. Chromosome nineteen is most commonly involved. The instance of genetic susceptibility is now thought to be between one in 5,000 and 1 in 10,000 cases. The various gene mutations affect the calcium-release channels in the sarcoplasmic reticulum. Their iodine receptor, a calcium-release channel, fails and intracellular calcium levels increase up to 500-fold, leading to sustained muscle contraction. MH is an anaesthetic-related disorder. All inhalational agents and depolarizing muscle relaxants can trigger the abnormal handling of calcium within skeletal muscle.
0: And so, how would you recognise malignant hypothermia in the clinical context?
1: The successful management of MH begins with its prompt recognition. MH presents in two main ways, either with excessive muscle rigidity or with signs of hypermetabolism. Excessive muscle rigidity is what we're going to talk about first. This often presents at induction of general anaesthesia as masseter spasm following succinomethonium, although generalized muscle rigidity may also occur. With ongoing muscle rigidity, rhabdomyolysis occurs, serum potassium increases, potentially causing arrhythmias, CK increases and acute renal failure can ensure. Hypermetabolism, on the other hand, occurs due to the increased ATP demand required to fuel the abnormal contractions and membrane calcium pumps. The earliest signs include unexplained tachycardia, tachypnea, rising in tidal CO2 and falling arterial O2 tensions. With time, the patient's temperature rises, sometimes by as much as 1 degree Celsius every 10 minutes. As more oxygen is consumed, hypoxemia and cyanosis occur, giving rise to a metabolic acidosis. As CO2 levels continue to rise, a respiratory acidosis develops.
0: Can you describe for our listeners the management of malignant hypothermia?
1: State that this is an anaesthetic emergency. Call for senior help urgently and inform the theatre team that you have an emergency. Also, Call for help from any free operating department practitioners known as ODPs. Disconnect the patient from the anaesthetic machine immediately and begin hand hyperventilation with 100% oxygen. Use oxygen drawn from an alternative source to the anaesthetic machine so that it is free of inhalational agents. With a new circuit, use high flows to wash out the inhalational agents and CO2. Maintain anaesthesia using intravenous agents such as propofol. Ask an assistant to bring and prepare the vapour-free anaesthetic machine for use. Ventilate with this when ready. Send the assistant to prepare dandrolene sodium urgently. Each vial contains 20 mg of dandrolene and 3 g of mannitol and this crystalline mixture must be mixed with 60 ml of water. When it is ready, give 1mg per kg IV. Repeat dose every 5 to 10 minutes until the tachycardia, hypercapnia and temperature start to subside. On average, 3mg per kg is needed, but up to 10mg per kg may be required. Doses may need to be repeated in the subsequent 48 hours if the reaction reoccurs, although that is quite rare. Dantrolene works within skeletal muscle by preventing the release of calcium from the sarcoplasmic reticulum. Dantrolene is a muscle relaxant. If in theatre, ask the surgeons to conclude surgery as fast as possible. Instigate active cooling measures. The surgeons are well placed to do this. Use cold intravenous fluids, cold body cavity lavages, ice packs to groin and axilla and cooling blankets. Appoint someone to record observations, drug doses, times, etc. Gain sufficient intravenous access, site an arterial cannula, temperature probe and urinary catheter. Manage hyperkalemia and acidosis expectantly guided by regular arterial blood gas analysis and electrolyte measurements. Use insulin, dextrose and bicarbonate infusions as appropriate and if indicated. Send regular clotting profiles to check for disseminated intravascular coagulopathy and treat appropriately Manodroptomyolisis expectantly guided by renal function, CK levels and urinary myoglobin concentrations Finally when stable transfer patients to intensive care
0: Okay, so what would be our subsequent management?
1: Counsel the patient and their relatives about events and the implications of a potential diagnosis of MH. Document the events in clinical notes and inform the patient's GP. Suggest a medic alert bracelet. Patients must be referred to St James's University Hospital MH Investigation Unit in Leeds, where a muscle biopsy will be taken for in vitro muscle contracture testing. This is a gold standard diagnostic test for MH.
0: Brilliant. Thank you very much, Vasya. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of Memcast. Join us again next week for another episode.